one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really really want it all to work out while you're away. monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. I've got things to say, Josh Brown. This is the very beginning of the Justice League. I don't want well, who even needs an introduction when it's Scott Hilford and Josh Brown. Mr. Josh Brown, how are you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you doing, Scott? You seem very high energy. I love it. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. I just, I'm very high on Resident Evil life. I was initially uh, not really loving the very beginning of it, but I sort of it sort of snapped into a bit of a rhythm when uh, main man Ethan Winters actually started acknowledging what the hell was going on. Um, the <laughs> fact that he was just a bit out of it at the beginning. We're, just, we're not going to talk spoilers. Uh, we'll do a spoiler pod uh, potentially this Wednesday, um, depending on who else has uh, finished it. I think me and you and Ben Roy, if we've all finished it, we'll talk about it. Um, but in terms of just talking you know, general thoughts on the new game, because it is selling insanely well you know a lot of people diving in having their different thoughts on the likes of lady dimitris um and heisenberg and everybody else um what are your what's your thoughts right now i know that neither of us have finished it i'm a, according to ben roy i'm right at the end he's done the review the reviews on the channel um, and i think yeah. you're slightly behind me but what's your thoughts on the insanity that is this game i am really enjoying it scott tailford <laughs> i'm a big resident evil fan and i replayed resident evil 7 just to mm. have a little refresher before jumping into this and it's interesting going from that game to this game and seeing what they've refined refined seeing what they've like built upon and mm. i think just generally you know when the, the reveal trailer came out like a few years ago whenever it was i obviously was sold because it was resident evil but at the yeah. same time i was a bit cautious i was like i don't really know if i'm going to enjoy this folklore stuff i don't know if i'm going to enjoy you know werewolves and more fantasy based resident evil Mm-hmm. but now i'm in there i just think it's like so good and so like um, immersive you know like the way that it throws you into the village and you're given <laughs> not free reign around where you can go but there's there's kind of more open and more optional areas and i think there's been in resi for at least a good while and i mm-hmm. kind of like like that element of exploration and i just think I like every day I'm every time every moment I'm not I'm not playing it I'm thinking about playing it you know Same. it's weird the thing I feel like they've made like a it was a bit of a it was always kind of a signature element to comb Resident Evil maps and find different secrets find different items maybe one-off weapons and stuff like that but I feel like in the remix of two and three they brought in that really cool map like you know map visual where it was yeah. like if a room was red you knew there was something else in that room and it was really helpful with the icons it sort of made sure that you were combing everything and uh, I feel like they've found, found a really good way of mapping that to a semi-open world environment like there's parts in this game where you'll do like a big encounter maybe a boss or something and then you're thrown back into the sort of general you know bike hub wheel spoke 
I'm trying to think of a term for a central area with various spokes coming off, like a dead spider. Just sort of just visual, visualize a main core and various things coming off it. You get thrown back into there. And um, but having now got different items that will open different things, maybe now you can look inside a bunch of different wells, or maybe now you can use a crank to get somewhere that you couldn't before. Um, and I love that. And I like that there's they put animals in that world as well, and they sort of bring in this light hunting mechanic, um, yeah. which coming and it's just like it comes from the Duke, like the the new merchant who's the um, this sort of large lad. Uh, I forget what his real name is, but he's the guy that's he'll let you cook different things to give you permanent upgrades. So there is you are encouraged just to go back through areas, maybe shoot a few chickens on your way and get, you know, get like a health boost. Um, and for me, that was when it all came together when I was like, OK, I can go with this. And um, to go back to the reason that I asked you what you thought of this insanity, though, is that at the very beginning, they... I don't, I have a, a sort of wider question, like what Resident Evil even is at this point. Like it still feels like a Resident Evil game. I think they play their cards really well in regards to, you know, the puzzles, item-based progression, like sort of um, signature enemies and stuff. But at the same time, they really go all out to be like, let's just go crazy. Like they have yeah. different strands of horror. There's a whole environment that is very much them going like, oh, PT, like we see you, PT. We're going to do our version of everything that that was. Um, and I think that they do it phenomenally. Um, but also there's like a whole area, I guess it's the same area, but in terms of like a strand of horror at the beginning, you see this character that is like a possessed doll. And it's like, oh, yeah. I didn't think that was something that they would do. And then you have another character who can just, it's just Magneto, who can just sort of summon and throw metal at you. And I was like, these are all things that are very hard to explain in the law in terms of like, oh, a virus caused this. But did any of that sort of clash or come up? Were you like, this is a weird thing, but I mean, I'm here for it. But like, this doesn't necessarily feel like Resident Evil. Um, to an extent, like you definitely, you know, if you're a fan of the originals, especially you jump into this, those zombies, the T-virus, Umbrella and all that <laughs> stuff, you know, Big and man. you jump straight into this, it's obviously a, a huge change, you know, like you said, it's dealing with more, well, obviously there's still, you know, I, I, again, I'm, I'm not the end, but I presume there's obviously, you know, a quote unquote scientific explanation for everything that's going on, but like, you oh said, my God, I heavily, can't. Mm. into the supernatural aspect of it um but i like that because i think right. it frees the franchise up a little bit again mm -hmm. going back to resident evil 7 like that's just as mad in a lot of ways it's not on the same scale mad mm. but it takes you know so many liberties with what they can get away with what they can explain and how they can contextualize the horror that going into seven yeah mm. it is mad yeah it is in times very <laughs> goofy but for me, like Resident Evil's always had an element of that. Even if you go back to four, like the latter half of four is silly as anything, but it yeah. works. You know what I mean? They managed to nail that sense of seriousness with the sense four of um, the comedy of with the goofiness. Like the really crazy stuff. I feel like that was what was mm. the little the little little army general fella that you were talking about? I don't know what he's called, but yeah, that's Isn't the guy. That was N Napoleon or something. He's like he's no, no. after him. But I feel like, yeah, four when you're the turret sequence and you're fighting that giant beast in the lake, and like there's all yeah. that stuff. Like I feel like four was the beginning of the maybe like going full bore in San and like obviously the anime movies have gone more over the top and like again i just in terms of just thinking like what is what is resident evil at the same time it is so old it is so you know legendary it's such a godfather of the genre that i can go with it and go okay your mark on this stuff is what makes it like i like that they've done werewolf zombies that's a cool idea um, and i hadn't seen that before in anything the idea that when someone gets bit they just morph into a zombie and start hanging off the walls as they rip an entire room <laughs> apart like that's so cool um but like yeah, in terms of that stuff, like the supernatural elements, I guess it's like that's sort of them going like, well, if Silent Hill's not going to do it, like we might as well mm -hmm. do something like that. Yeah, and I think the it's the fact that they do it well, and mm -hmm. it means that they're not kind of like, 
shackled down by you know the previous stylings because the thing i love the most about resi is even though there's obviously a through line between all the games it's such a champion for reinvention you know like you mm. said we had the originals that we jumped to four and then even six took a lot of you know experimental <laughs> avenues that didn't quite work off but then we got seven which pivoted entirely in a different direction mm. and i love that with every game you're getting mostly something new especially with these numbered titles you know there's always kind of some risk being taken or some creative avenue that's kind of like being explored even if there is still a lot of familiar stuff in there for long-time resi fans there's still you know enemies that have a bunch of eyes on them for instance there's still yeah i haven't come across about... with a, a shoulder as an eye yet or an oh, eye yeah. as a shoulder yet but give it i guess give it some time um but yeah i think like you mentioned six which is interesting because when i looked at the series sales figures i had to do a piece on it a while ago six actually sold really well like obviously like there's the whole thing from the fandom of like oh my god that's when they went too crazy even the boulder punching scene is obviously the mark of no return for a lot of people and then six was just like, oh the zombies have guns now and it's just ridiculous yeah. but um to some degree if you're gonna keep doing that because there's a bit at the beginning of this where a whole bunch of werewolf zombies just turn up on horses and i was yes. just like that was that whole opening bit i was texting you and ben roy just saying like, i don't know about this man because there's <laughs> been some people who are have bounced off how many different directions they go in at once and um, greg miller you know just said you can pretty much skip the game altogether i saw i forget the outlet that gave it four out of ten um, but there has been a few uh, people who have just gone like, "This is too crazy. This is just a ridiculous." It just it hasn't it hasn't necessarily earned its ridiculousness, um, and because it opens on this really tender family moment, um, that then segues into what's in the trailers in regards to you know Chris executing Maya um, and then going from there. Um, that you kind of then pivot immediately into horse riding werewolf zombies and yeah. cackling old woman. And it was just like, for me, I was just like, where the hell are you guys going? Like, it's either, it either should be full banter, like RE6, or it should be a bit more <laughs> grounded, a bit more like Seven. Um, but you were you were a huge fan of that opening bit, I think, because you were like, oh, this, yes. this opening stuff is like really good. Yeah, I thought it was like, you know, I thought it was really effective, you know, right from the family bit straight into the village stuff. You know, obviously mm -hmm. I'd seen the the trailer where Chris comes in and he shoots Mia like in the head. I think it was the debut trailer. Uh -huh. Yeah, totally. Like it was one of the first things that you saw, but I hadn't seen that for a long time and I didn't watch um, some of like the later trailers, didn't play the demo or anything. So I was almost experiencing it fresh mm. and it still managed to make an impact. And then, you know, you go into like the actual <clears> village <throat> itself. And I thought the buildup from, even though, you know, there's, you know what's coming, you know, it's werewolves, you know, we've seen it in all the trailers. <laughs> I think they do the buildup well of, you know, you're in that kind of, you don't know where you are. You're, you're looking around the village, you're seeing all of these, you know, um, blood stains, everything's trash. You're hearing mm -hmm. these things outside. I just thought it was really nicely paced and really nicely executed. That I was, I was with it. And like you said, when those werewolf boys turn up on the horses, and <laughs> um, that gave me the exact kind of right fantasy horror vibes that I actually quite like. You know, I said right. before I was a bit worried going into it, but once that happened, I was like, oh, this is like Planet of the Apes or something. But I'm here it's, for yeah. that, and I thought it was. And for me, it worked, but I can see if you don't like that brand of horror, I feel like, yeah, you could instantly just kind of like bounce off and be like, this is too dumb. This is silly. What's going on? For me, like I absolutely do love that brand of horror. Like, I mean, I'm there for it's, it's Resident Evil. It's at some point, it's a it's both a blessing and a curse or a double edged sword that we, we can just say it's Resident Evil. Therefore, yeah. X is fine because they they very much stretch that explanation uh, towards the end of the game with some just ridiculous stuff, um, which is also really really fun. But in terms of um, you know, you're saying like you know that whole thing of like that strand of horror. For me, it was the fact that Ethan is still this weird like no name. He's got a name, but he's this sort of no face character. There's a bit where you can flick through in the house. You can flick through his wedding 
photos and uh, even his wife's uh, dress is like obscuring his face and i'm just like <laughs> what are you guys doing with this character like is he going to be a reveal later like what's going on um, yeah. and also i thought in the trailer he his reaction to maya being killed was way better than the one that was in the game like in the trailer uh -huh, okay. um she gets shot and he screams like why like what the hell and he's like oh my god and he freaks out and in the game there's nothing <laughs> like it's, he does say what are you doing he says something like what's going on and it's just like what is this line of dialogue <laughs> And just there's a bit like you know he sees that Chris leaves with the baby, tells him to not get involved, and it's like okay, uh, but why wouldn't you? You know, because multiple times in the story, Chris is just sort of turns up and just says like, "What? I can't believe you're here. Why are you involved?" And it's like you killed my wife and stole my child. I'm probably not going to just sit by. Um, and I just thought a lot of that stuff. I was like, I don't know. This is just it's not setting it. It's not laying the groundwork in a way that would let them be able to pull off zombies on horses. Like I need my character saying what the f is going on more. Um, and it yeah. wasn't until he started doing. That 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 i was like oh thank god you actually he is aware of how stupid this all is uh, and then that allowed the rest of it to click ethan winters is one of the weirdest dudes in video <laughs> games man like like going from resi 7 into resi 8 like he's yeah. weird as all hell in resi 7 as well you've got all this wacky stuff going on <laughs> and he barely has a response so if he does it's the most mundane like he's annoyed by what's happening i've got to shout out one more bit just Go one on. more bit it's, it's right at the beginning it, again it's not a spoiler uh, but he has just seen some mad business in regards to what the werewolves have just done in front of him um, and he hasn't said anything he watches this person be devoured doesn't say anything. i think he says like whoa or whatever and then he falls into like a basement surrounded by dead bodies and just goes, a dead body? And it's like, <laughs> yeah, mate, there's a few of them. You've just seen them. Like, what, you got killed. Like, you know, I laughed are you here so or? much at that, but in a good way, in a good way, because, you know, yeah. it, it adds to the absurdity of it. It's kind of, it is a double-edged sword, like you said. On the one mm. hand, it does limit the seriousness of the story in the way and how much you can invest in this character because he barely ever feels context, relatable like, yeah. across both of the games um, for me. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, he does bring us all. I do like how just kind of no, he's, dumb he, he is and how bumbling he is. Like in this one, <laughs> he has like actual military training. You know, that's how he explain why he's better with guns and stuff. Yeah. But even then, he's like, he's the worst person to be in this situation. <laughs> he's technically quite competent. He can he's kind of all these werewolves. Yeah. But he is kind of Otacon. He is kind of this, like, kind of idiot character who's just kind of, like, walking through all of this stuff, just looking for his family or whatever. It's actually, it's, it's like MGS2's tone if you were playing as Otacon and you were forever, I guess what they were going for were riding, but even worse, you're just this peak, yeah. self-useless dude um, running after the, the solid snake that is Chris Redfield um, and just sort of going, like, what's going on? If you walk over any set of wooden planks, one of them's going to snap and you are going to fall through it. Like, that's the kind of klutz that he is. Um, well, and yeah, they get there over time, yeah. but he's such a bumbling, like useless moron at the start. Well, this is the dude in Resident Evil 7, like I said, who gets his arm cut off, <laughs> puts it back together with a bit of water, essentially, in a wet paper towel, and then like, doesn't, even, doesn't, <laughs> doesn't even question it, doesn't even like, wonder they, what's going on. They very much embrace the banter. Like, there's a lot of stuff in this where they just go like, we know we're ridiculous. And even yeah. in regards, specifically on the hand thing, they do hand gags like three times, <laughs> like just three times of like, this is, I, he, there's a bit, I, I, don't even know, I wouldn't class it as a spoiler, but he, <clears throat> he has to fall back on mutilating his hands to escape something. I think you'll know what I mean. Yeah. Um, and when he did that, I don't, I had a weird reaction where I was just like, well, nothing matters then because like mm -hmm. you can, whatever happens, he's just like this, he's like this claymation character where like, he's just going to be, you chop him to pieces. It's like, a, he's like a Lego man. Like it doesn't really yeah. matter.
And it's, it's interesting because obviously we, we've not finished it. And I do wonder mm. how much, if, if any of that is going to be addressed, because I think at this one, even more than seven, like he does take a lot of punishment, not yeah. just with his hands, but he's always getting, you know, if he runs into one of the main people in the village, you know, he's going to get battered by them first. And he takes <laughs> a lot of stabs. He takes a lot of slashes and then just kind of like shrugs it off. And it's not, there's a bit. So I do wonder. So sorry to cut you off. Just, I'm just, I'm kind, I am buzzing from this, but like, yeah, there was, you fight like big werewolves as well. And if they catch you, they just maul you for a good 10 seconds, like dig out your guts and everything. And then you just stand yeah. back up again. Just sort of like, oh, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah, not I think the difference is, cause that's always been a resi, you know, if you get bit by mm. a zombie, there's always been that kind of like, you know, suspension of disbelief where you're like, well, that didn't really happen. That's not canon. But mm. the punishment that happens in resi eight is like in cutscenes, like the dudes get like <laughs> thrown about in cutscenes in the canon story, not just in the gameplay. And for me, I like that stuff. I don't need it explained necessarily. Mm. I'm interested to see if they do. But for a lot of people, I do. I can kind of like, if you're like, I don't know, a more quote unquote serious horror fan or whatever, and you don't like that element of it, I can see you coming into this and being like, well, well, nothing matters. This is dumb <laughs> and I could just survive anything. Well, it's not going to make any sense to anyone who didn't play Seven because that that liquid that he uses, this magical liquid is given to him by Jack Baker, um, mm. which like, you know, they're using to already sort of like regenerate limbs or fix wounds or whatever, like from their family. So it's like something that they've experimented with or got used to. But in Eight, he just produces it after after losing various limbs and just sort of douses it in a bit of the old, it just looks like water, like you said. Um, and then he's like good to go. Um, even like bones that get severed, he's just sort of like bit of water, like slide it back on, like it's fine. Um, like a sort of mannequin man. Um, and I feel like that might, maybe that's one of the reasons why some people are bouncing off as well, because like they are so fast and loose with that stuff. Um, but at the same time, it does have that relationship to the fans where, like you said, it's almost like an unwritten rule of video games anyway, that characters only die in cutscenes. Like it's sort of like, you know, you take whatever punishment you need to uh, in the gameplay and it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, but overall, like, do you think Ethan is someone to lead like the new, a new trilogy or like, because... I don't know, like, I, I like him now, but I thought he opened badly. I think he gets there. It's just when he starts actually remarking on the world that I think it works better. But at the same yeah. time, because badass Chris Redfield is right there, I just want to be him. Like, I just want to do stuff with him. I, I, know, I know what you mean. I'm a bit mm. Chris Redfielded out in right. the terms of being that kind of like almost a superhero at this point, you know? Yeah. Like the other Resi characters, main characters are practically superheroes at this point. I do like that, especially like in Fast Seven. Ethan, yeah, very fast and furious. Ethan kind of brings about that. He's not like an everyman by any stretch, mm. but he's kind of a little bit, quote unquote, more relatable. I, I will save complete reservation to see what happens with him in the story towards the end, because I do imagine from the things they've been teasing early on in the game, there's there's more to be told about him and his family mm. dynamic and stuff like that. But obviously, I don't know any of that. So I will <laughs> I will defer that question until the next podcast where we can spoil everything. That is fair. I also, in terms of Ethan's stuff as well, or in terms of the way that it plays, because this is the second full one in first person, if you discount the older ones that experimented with it, the first sort of proper, second proper first person Resident Evil game. Um, what's your thoughts on that stuff, the way that it plays? Like the, the fact that, because um, they bring in this sort of like block mechanic and they let you throw enemies away from you, which is the same button, <clears throat> which I yeah. really don't like, um, where it's sort of like you have to hold L1 to block. And then if you uh, absorb a hit in that sort of attack animation, that, that defense animation, you can press L1 again and you'll throw someone away from you but you can't just press l1 when they're close to you and throw them away you'll just sort of like flash putting your hands up and back down and i really don't like that at all i've barely used the uh block and push away thing like i've, I've hardly ever done that yeah. it's felt so unreliable 
me too like the block and push away thing i, I haven't used but it's mm. not of like frustration or anything i just haven't felt like i've been in a situation where i've really had to mm. use it like the block comes in really handy and in some ways it's like way overpowered because you can block more or less anything block a chainsaw like, a like don't worry about yeah. it yeah. <laughs> yeah you can just like lose a sliver of health but i was surprised at how well it played if, if that mm. makes sense because you know i really enjoyed seven but i didn't think it was like an amazing first person shooter or anything so to know this one was going to have more combat obviously be much larger in scale mm -hmm. i worry that it might not have the finesse or the polish to be a satisfying game to play in the same way that resident evil 4 was or resident evil 2 remake was for instance mm -hmm. but as soon as i kind of like got hold of a weapon or a gun and started moving around it felt so smooth it felt so intuitive to me and i do think the gunplay especially is quite punchy you know mm -hmm. pulling off like headshots you know and um, staggering someone going in for a shotgun blast and stuff it it really feels good it looks spectacular as well yeah and it has made for those real tense moments you know you get one really early on when you're surrounded by werewolves and you're kind of like holding up in some buildings and stuff. And I just thought it was, I just thought it worked way better than I expected it to. Mm -hmm. Cause I thought it might be a bit clunky. I thought it might be a bit weird, but ultimately it's really fun to play to the point where I kind of, I want to go through it again a bit more mindlessly and a bit right. more freely with more resources just to see what I can do within mm. this combat system because I'm enjoying it that much. Well, I think by the sounds of I mean, you did it in RE2 and 3. I'm assuming you can unlock like crazier guns from the beginning. Like maybe you can start a run with a grenade launcher or something like that. You can do those in the other ones. Um, but yeah, the, that whole mechanic where it was like, you know, if you go inside certain rooms, you can like slide a bootcase along or slide a piece of uh, the environment across and then like make like a, a makeshift barricade. And then you've sort of, I like that they, because there's quite a lot of RE4's DNA like in this. Um, um, yeah. Like you know, there's a giant creature in the water, and there's like the like the barricading yourself in is like that whole that whole set piece in four with them. Um... The character whose name I've forgotten, Luisa or Luis, I think he's called. Luis, yeah. Luisa, like you do that, that whole thing. I like that they make that dynamic where it's just sort of like, I think that to me, that just came back to me. Like, oh, I remember when I did this in RE4, and obviously it was more scripted, yeah. but that was such a big deal back in RE4. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. 
For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Um, we should talk a bit about um, the enemy stuff because they obviously leaned very heavily on Lady Dimitri's. Um, Lady Di Multiple members of Capcom have said Lady Dimitri's wrong. And then like, yeah. you know, some people have called her Lady Dimitri's. Then in the game, she's Lady Dimitres. Um, I just want to get it right, you know. But like Tenacious D is what I'm going to call her, Lady D. <laughs> um, she, what do you think of her? Because I think they leaned on her a lot in the marketing. But I think the reality of the game is that there are four main lords looking after the village. And they all answer to someone as well. So I commend yeah. them for how much they actually held back. Because um, ostensibly, Dimitres is like a quarter or a fifth of the whole game. It's not everything. But how have you found everything in regards to her? Yeah, I thought the stuff in the castle itself was really great. Again, I didn't mm. play the um, the demo, so I didn't mm. really know what to expect. I was interested that, you know, obviously like the game's much bigger than her, and I do think like yeah. that's a lot of it. Like when we saw the trailers with her for the first time, obviously she became like this instant phenomenon. <laughs> kind of crazy, really, yeah. Yeah, everyone kind of like, you know, just jumped in that aspect. And I think that probably took Capcom by surprise in a little mm. bit of a way, but this is very much a sort of, Resident Evil 7 style where you have a wider family for lack of a better term you know you've got all these different characters and each one brings their own flavor but when it comes to Lady D specifically I just I, I adored all that stuff in the castle and I kind of didn't expect to for me going into it my focus was very much on the village and I kind of mm. thought well we've kind of done this gothic castle idea before but then I got there and I was like nope if, if this was the whole game I would be <laughs> fine with that this is really great it looks lush like it's so atmospheric and i thought they managed to get the balance right of you know having a persistent enemy resident evil has mm. done this for ages now having this one or a couple of enemies that kind of like hunt you through a location mm -hmm. and that's the kind of role that she occupies to an extent alongside her daughters but it never felt um like intrusive it never felt like it never became frustrating in a way mm -hmm. that i like jack baker sometimes did in the first game in the first game in resident evil 7 yeah so for me they got the balance right they gave you just enough of her and her story to kind of like you know tease you but she wasn't oversaturated with that element i thought mm. which was a pleasant surprise i'd be really curious about because i've got the next thing i wanted to talk about was that whole idea of like follower enemies like obviously you can say that re originated that even with nemesis but obviously it was way more scripted encounters in the original re3 but then since 
RE2 remake that's become their thing and I feel yeah. like they they lent on it in like a bit of a naff way in the RE3 remake where Nemesis just felt like an arbitrary super powered bullet sponge that you can't put down uh, maybe you can make him rest if you hit him enough or something um, but in uh, the RE2 remake there was you know times where you would go into a room and maybe all you need to do is solve a puzzle pull a crank do whatever but you can't because you're forever getting pulled into an animation by someone else yeah. um, and that obviously happened in RE7 with Baker as well um, I only had that happen once in uh, 8 where it, where it was just like I just needed to get somewhere and because of literally because of Tenacious D's size I couldn't get past her <laughs> um, and I was just sort of like just let me uh, the crank is right there I just need to do this thing um, and she's forever <laughs> just whacking at me with a big claw hand um, but for the most part um, yeah what, what do you I guess what do you think of that as an overall game mechanic do you think that they have more to do with it or it's just that it should be this thing where it's a semi-interactive boss fight for a little bit yeah, I'm pleased. I'm I'm grateful of the way that they've done it here. I'm pleased mm. it doesn't dominate too much of the gameplay, and it is mostly associated with this one section of the game. And I think that's probably the best going forward, unless it is everything. You know, mm. I don't want it to just be kind of like like you say, arbitrarily thrown in there because that's what Resident Evil is for. I do think there is more you can do with it, more surprises. Nothing, you know, admittedly in Resident Evil 8 has surprised me as much as that moment Jack Baker comes through the wall in Resi 7, right. you know, and you just don't expect it because that's breaking all video game rules. <laughs> they don't have anything like that for me in 8, but it's still solid and it didn't take up too much time. Yeah, I think that's fair. I just for me, it's just sort of I want I want more because the whole thing with me with follower enemies, I'd br you bring up Alien Isolation as well, and there was that whole thing where people realized how Alien Isolation was working, where it was just there are actually multiple xenomorphs that are being triggered around the environment, and some of them are you know appearing behind you. That's why you can hear them, and like it has two AI brains. One of them always knows where you are. One of them is listening to clues on where you are, and I love that. And I love that in that game's case, you know, Creative Assembly sort of tried to think of a different way of doing a, a pursuer enemy, um, and then in PT. Um, is it Mary or Lisa, the name of the character, the ghost that's always haunting yeah. you? Um, she's always behind you. Like when people started breaking the boundaries of that game, even that was terrifying. So for me, I mean, it'll, it'll come in time, assumedly, but I hope there's more to the way that AI works um, than just because some of them feel like scripted sequences in Village mm -hmm. where you go through a door and she's right there um, or you're uh, approaching a door and she comes back through the other way. And uh, one of them obviously happens right near, when you first go into the castle, you go into her bedroom and then she comes in. And um, I don't I want them to do more with that if they're going to continue making it a signature mechanic. And um, because for me, the whole Dimitres segment was quite short. I think maybe it was mm -hmm. maybe an hour, if that, of the whole game. And like the majority is elsewhere. And so like it was that thing of just, OK, you're a pursuing enemy. You're going to come up the stairs slowly. Oh, I can't go down there. I've got to go and do a loop and like, you know, get you lost in your own room so I can go down the other way. Like for me. Um, I want them to do more, like for as mm -hmm. uh, experimental as the rest of that game is. For me, the follower stuff was the most, is one of the only elements that just felt like it's it's the Mr. X thing again. with Because yeah. I, I ran into a safe room to go to hang out with the Duke um, with her right behind me. And she just stops and stands mm -hmm. and watches you. And they almost acknowledge it because she walks away um, and she has an animation where she whips back around again to look at you. Yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, like, I guess video games, like there's not much else <laughs> you can do there. Like maybe that's one of the only ways you can do that. Yeah, there is there is definitely like a certain element of that. For me, I didn't notice it too much just because every time she would pop up, like mm. I, I was playing with headphones on and like the music spikes and then I'm suddenly scared. So I'm just legging it away, <laughs> you know, trying to get away from her. But mm. there was, I had a similar moment where I jumped to that safe room and I could just sort of hear her outside, like stomping around. And I was like, is she, is, is her kind of like, tracking animations have they glitched out is she sort of right. stuck outside can i kind of move it was a kind <laughs> of a little bit of immersion breaking there but ultimately mm -hmm. because this game is like 
it's so weird, man, because it's it's probably the most open Resident Evil's been, while also being more linear. In I mm. mean that in that the areas themselves have a lot of places where you can explore a lot of secondary content, a lot of secrets and stuff. But at the same time, you're kind of railroaded on a narrative path. You're going yep. from one place to another, and then you're going back, and then you're going to another place. And the way you move from the through the plot is is very straightforward, you know? So I feel mm-hmm. like when we got to Lady D section, um, because it wasn't this like, you know, um, like Raccoon City Police Department area or anything, it's not as big or as expansive as that. It's still mm-hmm. a big place, but you don't have the same kind of like freedom to explore or return in the same way. I, th- I thought it was okay because it was just right. kind of like a section of a whole thing. If this was another Mr. X kind of deal or another if she was in the village deal. itself maybe yeah if she, if she was in the village itself i would expect i would expect more but because it was like you said just one flavor of this delicious delicious pie i was like that's <laughs> that's a good flavor man but i'm ready to move on you know yeah that's fair i think i'm just like the thing that the conversations that i think will come out of this game is or at least what i'm thinking of right now is just like i love the confidence that they had to push it further because i think in the marketing obviously it was announced as it was always announced as resident evil village but it's it's sort of hung around the idea of attaching that numeric side of it where it's like it tends to be referred to as Resident Evil Village instead of Resident Evil 8. And I kind of wonder if they're doing the same thing that um, Halo was going to do after, like during the development of 5, where um, 343 just said that at some point it's limiting referring to numbers. Um, because like one, on the consumer side, they always assume they have to play the previous amount of numbers before they can play the new game. And yeah. on the on that side, they were like, oh, that's why we called it Halo 5 Guardians, because we just wanted to call it Halo Guardians. And I kind of wonder if this is Capcom testing the waters with, why don't we just go... Resident Evil thing because Revelations did really well uh, is known but it's just it's some at some point it's like a marketing nightmare trying to get like a new game up there with the numbered installment but I yeah. feel like at the same time it frees them up to do different stuff like Village just feels like its own one-off yeah. crazy thing and even even the opening cutscene is like weird like Madeline style animation like yes. like uh, little dot button eyes I can't think of a, a style of the animation but did that stuff like I was sitting watching that like really confused like if I literally <laughs> have I put the wrong game in like that is I couldn't that was just so crazy like a double fine thing totally I mean that kind of established a tone for me going forward mm. so when we got to the point of you know cackling old hags and stuff like that i was like okay you've kind of established this in that opening intro and that's kind of cool it is funny i think you know not enough that i'm gonna laugh at it but it is funny mm. that this is essentially like the first direct straight sequel follow-up that they've done they've obviously mm. revisited characters before but unless i'm completely missing an entry they haven't ever done a straight sequel like the mm. first sequel to a game that continues the narrative of mm. a character you know we move from um, Chris and Jill in the first game to Claire and Leon in the second. Then when we went back to Jill in the third, you know, the, the same characters have been around. But this one, we had seven. It was Ethan's story. We've got eight. It's Ethan's story. And that's cool. But at the same time, eight, you can jump into eight having not played any of the others and have a good time. Like there's, there's of course, a bit of background, a bit of context that you know, aids the story if you do have that. But for the most part, like you said, it's this self-contained thing. You get Mm -hmm. the narrative drive from the opening with the family and then you just thrust into this village and it's like, cool, we can just go from here. So I do kind of agree with you that I think they are moving away from numbered titles Mm -hmm. just to kind of establish that you don't need to play eight main games in a million spin-offs just to have the context (laughs) to enjoy it because ultimately you can come in on eight and have a good time. Plus, I mean, it's so old now. Like, I mean, it is, was 
1996 for the original one. I mean, I yeah. remember when, you know, some people still think you have to play all 14 or 15 Final Fantasies to play the new one. It's just sort of at some point there's going to become a, a harsh reality of a long-standing franchise that they need to address that to, to some degree. Um, one thing I was going to mention, um, you know, we talked about uh, the, the, it's called the Bienviento House or whatever. There's a whole bit that's like their PT style. Um, but the, I feel like that was them sort of going, okay, we see other um, you know, influences in uh, in gaming that we can take from. Did you notice some of the Dark Souls influence in regards to we're just going to give you a gorgeous, massive vista? Like, you know, like Dark Souls is all like the fandom is all like great view or amazing view mm-hmm. or whatever. Even when you first come out of that wreck at the very beginning and you see the village for the first time, that was full on uh, an Orlando style yeah. uh, reveal for me. And there's been multiple times where you come around like a, a piece of forest or something and you just see this huge vista out in front of you. Um, and I feel like that's them going like, ah, Dark Souls, like ah, we, we, we could do this <laughs> too i did i know it's, it's certainly an aesthetic point because those bits are so gorgeous man like mm. every time you go to a new area i feel like you do have one of those moments where you just see the full vista and you're like wow not only is this beautiful but it's connected to everything you know i've just mm-hmm. come from the village i've come from here i'm gonna go back um, and I, I think it's it's funny again I, I know i've spent this entire game talking as much about resi 7 as i much as i have resi 8 <laughs> they connected, so interesting yeah they're connected they're so interesting counterpoints and resi 7 takes place you know it's so small scale it's within mm. one house more or less there are some other areas but there aren't those kind of like big massive awe inspiring visual moments and with it it's like it's almost capcom saying nah look what we look what we can do look what we can do with this <laughs> engine look how big we can go mm. and for me like i appreciate that like the sense of scale is just excellent and like graphically i just think it looks like beautiful like the small details even the way the light reflects off the glimmer of your handgun like it Mm. adds so much to the aesthetic the atmosphere and ultimately how scary it is because i don't know how you found that kind of element obviously it's a horror game Mm. but there have only been a few times i've been genuinely properly scared but it's tense throughout and it's suspenseful Mm -hmm. throughout i think that's what carries it you might not be scared necessarily by the werewolves but the sound design and the way you can always hear them and the, how aggressive they are yeah. it makes for a, survi- a proper survival horror gameplay experience, I mm-hmm. think. Oh no, I would I would a million percent say play with headphones because the the stuff yeah. that they've done with the 3D audio is really good. Like obviously the system doesn't have 3D audio through TV speakers yet, which sounds crazy, I know, but apparently that is going to be a feature. It was meant to be at the console on launch uh, on the PS5 at least, um, to have 3D audio even if you were sitting with your TV speakers. Um, yeah, th- th- it's weird because that was the thing that com- contributed to me thinking the intro was really flat was that I predicted the first two major jump scares. I was just like, mm. well, I'm going to open this cupboard. There's not going to be anything there. I'm going to give it the mandatory two seconds oh boom giant sound by oh the jump scare and i was just kind of like ah this is i did that was the stuff where i was like this is a bit rote this is a bit um it's not you're not earning the wider crazy stuff because you're being so you're holding back elsewhere um but the the stuff in the bien bien viento house i thought they did that really well like i said it's it's the channeling pt stuff um but you're right i mean for me though like a resident evil game hasn't hasn't scared me in a long time like it's sort of mm. it's unnerving um i'm cautiously you know uh exploring a very dark room with my one soul light source like you know i'm going after in re2 or something um and they, that's the kind of thing for me i think it's a general unnerving sense um but that's the thing i don't know they they've steered so much into action that i just feel like they they hardly ever take the time to to let a tone set long enough to actually give you a spike of you know genuine surprise that's just not the way yeah. that they do it anymore no, I do suppose you're right. I think this definitely airs onto the um, Resi 4 style of survival yeah. horror, you know, where there are like scary moments, but it's more action focused, but still considered, you know, it's not mm. like Resi 5 or Resi 6 where it's all out balls to the wall stuff. There's a lot of action, there's a lot of combat, but for me, it, it maintains a level of intensity. And I was surprised at 
there being a few genuinely scary moments, at least so far, you know, a few mm-hmm. genuinely scary sequences where they do kind of like drop the action or they do kind of, I, I do think they have the confidence to occasionally do just like scale it back and be like, look, you just have this big action set piece. We can do the next one mm. where you are more or less vulnerable to everything and you have to be more cautious, more quiet. And I think that sense of variety is really, you know, just so appealing and so compelling because every time I go to a new place in village, I feel like I'm getting something new. Yeah. I, I rarely feel like I've seen repeated textures or repeated objects no. or repeated uh, enemies even um, everything has its own flavor everything has its own kind of like distinct personality and that's what i'm really latching towards um, the, uh, the game. I, yeah oh sorry yeah just the like the, the the amount of biomes that they've got like you do have this like four lords style setup and they do like differentiate those like areas like massively like the, even the core village itself is so different to the likes of the castle or the other areas that you go to just to keep completely spoiler free and um, one thing i was going to um, just quickly talk about as like a final thing is that do you feel like this is a next gen game like because i feel like sometimes the visuals hit me and i go man that looks lifelike or that lighting is insane and i did see someone sharing a picture of um there's actually ray tracing applied to lady dimitrescu's eyes so if you zoom right. enough on her eyes she reflects the whole world back out again which is kind of nuts and um, but at the same time i would rather you did that on the actual mirrors because ethan doesn't have a reflection um and if you walk up to them and stuff um but and i also noticed quite a lot of popping um there's a bit where you're fighting uh, a boss uh, in like an open area with a lot of water um, and so that means a lot of like water textures are moving in and out there's a lot of different uh, waves that need to happen um and that whole sequence was just popping in and out just entire textures um, you know world geography or geometry popping in and out um, and sometimes if you look to the distance you can see things popping in um, and so for me it's i haven't seen the ps4 version yet um but i haven't and some of the fire textures are a little bit old school as well and i've sort of looked at it and gone other than the load times where it loads instantly off the main menu i've not like i wouldn't necessarily say people have to seek it out on ps5 you you'd probably be totally fine on ps4 ah I, i'm a bit i'm a bit conflicted because i think mm. the, the load times do would add so much to it the fact that this is like seamless obviously you have to go through the occasional slow walkway to get to an area <laughs> but for the most part like it's all one big interconnected world you're not waiting for loading or anything mm-hmm. i think that adds so much to the sense of immersion i do think even though you know it's not necessarily like the, like the flashiest next gen game i think it nails everything and i do think the level of graphical technology on display and graphical finesse on display is like impressive and it does feel like a step up from what we could have got last gen at least for me especially in the lighting i'm like that's the thing that takes my breath away every single time like the castle in particular looks so photorealistic at times Mm. like the textures on the the carpets the textures on the paintings the textures on the varnish on the walls like i was stopping to inspect all that stuff (laughs) and i do think it adds you know to a sense of immersion that i don't think you could have got on last gen and for me it does feel like a next gen game and i would seek out the best version of it even though Mm. the re engine is great overall again i haven't played the playstation 4 version Mm -hmm. Uh, but for me it feels like a next gen experience like with the lower times with the fidelity on display that's maybe because i'm fortunate because i haven't had the pop-in issues that you've had at least that I've not, not too I many i think just something i sort of saw like during those fights where i was like this is brilliant apart from mm-hmm. that sort of quarter of a house that keeps popping in and out because there's water. <laughs> right. it doesn't know whether to obscure it fully with the water or not and um, just little things like that but i think for the most part like yeah it is the, i mean it, it is a technical showcase like the re engine is this insanely gorgeous piece of tech um that we saw in like re2 and 3's uh, remix um but yeah i guess closing super closing super quick closing thoughts for mr jb what's your uh are you just ultimately very positive on it because i am now i definitely wasn't at the beginning but i, I do think yeah. it's a hell of a thing now 
Yeah, for me, ultimately very positive. I do have a like I have a few issues that we haven't been able to get into today. Mm-hmm. I think the weaponry um, weaponry choice is a little lackluster and a bit too classic. You know, I yep. think some areas I would have liked to have been a bit more open and less linear. But I mean, overall, I'm I'm really enjoying it. I think it's really compelling. I love the aesthetic of it. I think the combat's really neat. I think the world that they've established and the exploration elements just keep you involved and make you know, backtracking interesting, make revisiting areas interesting, and it hits an old school Resi style while obviously, you know, it's hugely influenced by Resident Evil 4, but it still delivers something new and it's still reinventing itself in a lot of ways, which, mm-hmm. like I said before, I want from this franchise. So yeah, unless they completely tit it all up in the end, which they might do, <laughs> for the first three quarters of it, I've uh-huh. um, just found it like so good that I don't want it to end. Like I'm yeah. taking it so slow because I don't want to rush through well, that's it. That's the thing. I mean, a lot of people have said that it is quite short. I mean, I, I'm on about seven hours um, ish and like, yeah, apparently I'm quite close to the end, but yeah, I, I like, I, I think it, for me, it didn't start very well, but, but retroactively it's, it has sort of stitched itself together in regards to some things um, that have sort of come together in like with Ethan sort of like just, I just wanted more WTF moments out of him because it's just, <laughs> it's just the things that are going on in front of him. I want him to feel more like he's in that space and not just be this uh, anonymous avatar for the player like it's I, I said to you it was like either do a mute protagonist or don't like if you're going to have someone <laughs> have agency in that world then they need to be saying what the hell is that when some giant tentacle werewolf turns up like i need you to be aware of stuff um so that's my thing but yeah i think overall it's it's super tight i the problems i have with it we'll get into when we do the spoiler stuff um mm-hmm. but that'll be something that i think we'll do this wednesday and we'll see if, if either of us get finished i know benway's already done it and um, for now this has been whatever the hell we call it for now it's the just us league i've been scott tilford joined by josh brown always a joy scott always a joy <laughs> we'll catch you next week and everybody else then as well goodbye bye Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Save big money on plant protection supplies. Now at Menards. Defend your garden with Triazicide Insect Killer. Its fast-acting formula protects lawns, vegetables, and many other plants. It kills more than 260 insects by contact, above and below ground. Choose from ready-to-spray, concentrator granular. Save big money on Triazicide Insect Killer at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money.